Over the past six months since our launch, we have reached out to the community to gather any questions or requests for clarification you may have had. We have the intention of doing this about every 15 eps or so, but we'll see how that goes. So don't be shy. Let's answer some Q&A with Alexander. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility welcome to episode 15 we've made it this far so we have 14 in the bag and also all the the prelude stuff where we've gone over all the pillars and the the main meat of the philosophy along with our bios. So we're here today doing a special questions from the audience episode. But first, I'm here with Alexander and we wanted to briefly touch upon the Destiny card and human design consultations that you can purchase from him on his website. And I'll let Alexander talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, feel free to reach out to me in these consultations. We cover a lot of information that really helps you to understand um, how you are affected by the world, uh, how you affect the world, and how you actually manifest or can create things optimally. And we don't all create things equally, uh, so to say. And that is, uh, we are typically more in resonance and enjoying life more when we are in alignment with our particular way, even if it's against what we've been trained. So through the human design and the cards, we uh, are able to cover um, aspects such as uh, life path direction, uh, family issues, uh, relationship issues uh, with, with family from the past, siblings, mothers, fathers, to present day uh, relationships, uh, intimate relationships, and really helps with children uh, greatly as well to understand them and and to raise a child with their design, with the understanding of how they receive information uh, can really go a long way. So this, um, the Destiny Cards, once again, is really Egyptian numerology, and they use just the cards or deck of cards for the language. So it's very different from any tarot readings or anything, uh, any of those types of cards. It's really numerology. And then, of course, the human design is a energetic breakdown of your energetic imprint when you're born and how your chakras are actually uh, working with or against uh, the other people or energies around you. So it can bring a lot of clarity and we can cover a lot in about a 90 minute session. In listening to this podcast, these elements, having your human design chart and your and knowing your destiny cards are really important because we talk about these things uh, in almost every episode of the podcast. So knowing what your design is and hearing how each for example, generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, etc., how those 
will receive certain pieces of, of information or interact with some of this philosophy, you'll be able to see, you know, what your type would um, be in line with or how it would interact with. So we've also had a special in our Facebook group, which you can join by going to our Facebook page and clicking on the community tab. There will be the Facebook group that you can then apply to join. It's a secret group, so you have to actually apply to get in. But there we have a special for $11, which is also on Alexander's website, vibrotune.com. You can get your human design chart and your destiny cards. That does not include a reading, but if you decide to then get a reading, Alexander will take the $10 of that price and apply it towards the price of what a reading would be. So with that $10, you get your human design chart and a description of your planetary ruling card and your birth card. Your planetary ruling card is your personality and what um, you project yourself to the world. And your birth card is more like your path. Um, uh, Some people call it your destiny, um, your life path. It's really just a direction I like to suggest to people. And most people are on a bridge somewhere in between those two uh, when they get involved with these types of readings or seeking out this type of information. Uh, So it can bring a lot of clarity and really help uh, people navigate uh, through this life in a more fulfilling type of way. So, of course, we're not here to sell you anything. We're just here to offer some information to consider. So with that said, we will get into some community questions that were posed to us in the past few weeks. So the first question In this philosophy, Alexander, are emotions viewed as, quote, negative or unwanted? So this is, uh, uh, of course, we're we're smiling here in the podcast because we've recently had some, you know, people ask this, and this has been an ongoing question throughout my sharing this work. And I do want it to be recognized that the emotions are very, very important. We, uh, We are emotional beings. Um, we were designed to process emotion, and that's what uh, this work is is really uh, focused on assisting with is the complete processing of the emotion so that we can uh, move past it and not be stuck in reaction or fight or flight. So I like to say that, you know, I just view all emotions equally, uh, the so-called positive and the so-called negative. They're still extremes, and they take us away from being present or being what I call connected uh, to that higher vibration. And we are just fully in our human experience when we're going through our emotions. And, you know, uh, children really teach us everything that we need to learn I've just worked with a very complex way with a lot of words over a lot of years to explain what children do naturally, and we forget how to do it. Because when they uh, go through an interaction, um, say a negative interaction with another child, normally the whole process can take five to ten minutes, and they're completely over it and moving forward and having a good time with that person they had the conflict with. The key is, is that they know how to let go, and then they focus on the beauty that's in front of them. And so these these descriptions and these steps and the pillars, all of this leads toward, you know, an intellectual way to approach this type of work and to be able to come from a heart space at the same time. So it covers both ranges. And I feel like we're we need to utilize both the heart and the mind uh, together. And that helps us to be the optimal being that we can be. 
It's just knowing when to use which one. And the best way to know that is to not be in reaction. And so that's the main focus is that, yes, we are, uh, especially with traumas, there have been emotional reactions that have been amplified. And so the point of this is not to hide from those emotions, um, not to hide from those sensations, but to actually invite them in and learn to retrain uh, that reaction to you work with it over a long enough period of time and you uh, work with having an experience and that type of emotional reaction, but choosing not to react, choosing to uh, go inward and ask, uh, what is this connected to? Who is this connected to? It gets back to the podcast we did on the, the right place, right time, right person, right duration. Uh, we've covered a lot of di- these different steps that are very important to this work as a whole. And it is very challenging to just uh, step in on a certain episode and have uh, a full concept of it, even after a few episodes. So we do want to be clear that we want to respect everyone that does have emotional reactions. We want to carry compassion for that. And that the key is just to work towards not having those reactions on other people, uh, still to have them, uh, just like we say on our T-shirts, you know, speak your truth, speak it to the wind, the sky, the trees, get it out, but just don't get it out on other people. Learn to find a a safe place to have emotional release, and we have different um, approaches depending on the emotion that we've also gone over in previous uh, podcasts of how to approach each emotion uh, to assist with the releasing. So we want to focus on, you know, the acknowledgement and acceptance of the activation, the willingness and the perseverance and practice of uh, redirecting that reaction and then to work toward a different result. So once again, in previous podcasts, I've spoken on the three R's, to recognize, respect, and redirect And that's what I'm suggesting, once again, with emotions, with consciousness, with children, with people in conversations. So in these uh, with these emotions, we do want to recognize them. We want to respect them. But then we want to redirect the energy and retrain that action or reaction so that it's less and less intense as life goes on rather than it increasing as it does with most people that don't go through this type of work or something similar. Yes. And, you know, I've gone through the same thing in in listening to you talk about the philosophy and then trying to apply it to my worldview. I've gone through the processing around this. And at one point I was confused at how emotions were viewed and I had to have you clarified a little bit more. So hearing this information over and over, I think you only take in what you're able to to hear Behold, at that at yes. that time, and then the more you hear it, the more clearer it gets. Yes, and this is something that I really am glad that you brought up because um, we are designed to learn through repetition, and I've given many analogies with this in different episodes. But we need to accept that when we think we know something, we are blocking ourselves from so much information that if being willing to read the same thing over, to look for what more is in there, to be willing to hear someone say something that you feel like, oh, I already know that, but being willing to go, but what more is in there that I haven't found? That's the key to be like this um, this seeker. The, you're looking, instead of looking for holes, 
you're looking for what is more that is in there that you haven't found yet. And I can promise you, no matter how much you know on a subject, there is always more to know. There's always more uh, perception to take in, to have a, a wider view, a, a more understanding to work toward that wisdom. So accepting that with ourselves, that sometimes we have to go through many failures to truly get the understanding of what this lesson is about. It's not always an ultimate failure to fail at something once or twice or three times, and people can beat themselves up so much. We need to get off of the pressure and just go, I don't know how many times this is going to take, but I'm going to learn the lesson. And it's that level of seeking that I feel like helps to bring the resonance in with all of the energies and the way they're working together to bring that deeper level of of intuition, of of uh, support, of feeling of drive or compassion, even while being uh, thirsty. Uh, it all comes together when there is that uh, seeking is happening rather than looking to tear something down or just find holes in it. So I've heard this pose and I wanted to get your perspective on it. I've heard that emotions such as, for example, anger are healthy or they serve a purpose, and in this, and where I heard this from, they said anger motivates. So, what would be your perspective on that? Yeah, and um, you know, once again, every subject that comes up that we'll discuss here has a so-called higher side and a so-called lower side. It's not necessarily right or wrong, or truly good or bad. It's just a polarity, uh, as we talk about so much in this. So. If anger has a negative effect, it's got to have a positive effect somewhere as well. And so, you know, some people can use anger for that type of motivation. So this is redirecting the energy. So what happens is they recognize that they have an anger issue. They respect everyone around them and make an agreement with themselves that no one deserves to receive that anger. And then they choose to redirect it by some type of exercise or some type of workout or some type of creativity. Um, but the redirecting is an important step. But all of those steps are important. And lots of times people will go straight to redirecting before fully accepting something. And that's the step that I see more than any other step is skipped, is truly the sitting with the situation or the person and just really accepting, no, this is what I have to deal with here. And there are people that work and manage traumatic situations but never accept that they're really going through that or have really gone through it. And that's why lots of the application side of things doesn't work because they have skipped and they're still in denial, really. Um, and they may even verbally be able to say that they've accepted it, but emotionally and energetically they haven't. And that's what's holding back the transformation or the change. Okay, next question. Knowing your human design seems to put people in a box of predictable behavior. How do we use this for growth? Okay, so yes, this is uh, even with... A few of my closer friends, uh, this has been a subject that's come up in discussion in the past uh, that it can feel like it's uh, limiting um, to them because uh, this is this is saying their fate or this is the way that things are uh, are or 
have got to be. When really I like to relate it to, it's very similar to, you know, if someone just let you drive, say, a NASCAR uh, automobile, um, but they they brought it to your house and just said, just drive it every like you do every other uh, day to go to the grocery store and that type of thing, and they didn't give you any kind of instructions with it, and you weren't allowed to uh, study or learn anything about it. It was just haphazard, and, you, and all of a sudden you've got all this horsepower that you're not used to having. You're on the same type of roads. Uh, you may even live on a gravel road that can be you know, challenging for more horsepower. Uh, you have to deal with weather, same kind of thing. So here you have this souped-up, like um, special car that could be way more dangerous to you than your average everyday car that you drive um, your uh, Prius or whatever, you know, it may be per person. But see, more isn't always better and ignorance normally isn't better in much of any situation where other people are involved. So if you got delivered that car from NASCAR, but a month before you were given a complete booklet on it and all of its broke down, how it operates optimally, what kind of fuel to put in it, um, how often to change the oil, uh, what RPMs to run it at optimally, all these types of information, then when you received that vehicle, you would be tend to be more prepared, not limited, because you have learned how the vehicle operates optimally. That doesn't mean that you're going to be able to operate that vehicle optimally right away because there's still a learning process. So just because you're giving the information doesn't mean that you know what to do with it. And that's what the human design and even the destiny card system is, is it is information of two different types. The cards is more like an energetic influence that the planets are playing a role in and other people around you are playing a role to suck you into playing certain roles. And once you understand your strengths and your weaknesses, you can better choose the roles that you want to step in and out of. And with the human design, it shows how you're affecting people on an energetic level and how the world and other people are affecting you. Once again, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. So sometimes we can, it's a good practice to set our strengths to the side and work on our weaknesses, knowing that we can pull on those strengths at any time. But if you don't have the confirmation of what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, most people have ideas of what their strengths are. But then if they have any insecurity issues, they doubt that. Every time some confidence comes in, some doubt comes in. Well, this is a chart and uh, words that are given that give this confirmation that can help one uh, work toward another level of uh, self-confidence and feeling that they are working in alignment with the so-called natural movements of the energetics or the planets um, or the people around them. So it's more to me from my perception, and of course everyone has the right to have the perception that they choose, but I like to have the information and then learn from the information um, rather than operating machinery just haphazardly and sometimes uh, being destructive while just having trying to have fun. Yeah, it is hard for people to know their strengths when they're comparing it to other people who don't. Like, we don't know 
where the base is. And I like to think of the human design as like your your default setting out of the box. Yeah, it's just where you can it's your optimal starting place basically. But you can expand uh very much outside of that cuz even with with me myself I happen to have I think it's um 5 out of the 9 centers activated if I'm not mistaken and I by knowing that the centers that I have non activated or that are white on my chart when I get around someone such as yourself that has the throat activated then I'm able to use my intention and know that and 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 feel the power coming in that you give me with your voice just by sitting across the table with me because I don't have the throat chakra activated. So once again, just having that, I don't view it as a deficiency. Uh, what it is is it's room to expand. And when I know the energy is around, I'm able to consciously expand that rather than just haphazardly. Yeah, it's important to note that if you haven't listened to the Human Design podcast we did a few weeks ago, that if your centers are white, that doesn't mean they're bad. And, and we're not trying to work towards filling them all. So I think that's important because I've had people look at their chart and think that it's bad that they didn't have, you know, so many, so many filled in. Yeah, and, and one of the biggest things with that is that when you have a lot of white, it means you have more flexibility. You actually have... Um, less chance for stagnation. Uh, but the problem is you're going to be affected by people more. So you're going to be more empathic. Um, so this helps from my perception uh, to help people understand their sensitivities, to understand those sensitivities can be a strength rather than most people start to just shut down their sensitivities because it becomes overwhelming for them. And then there's people out there that are carrying energy throughout the whole chart and they can come across as very pompous or ego driven. And I work with a client that her husband has every center filled in except for one. And I just tell her, man, he's a powerhouse and he he probably he's very rarely feels that he's wrong. He's extremely successful, probably at least a seven uh, figure income. And uh, so his energy is is so powerful that he doesn't listen to what anybody else says or their opinions. But I asked her, I said, how many times has he really been wrong? How many times has he had anything in life? Teach him a lesson, so to say. And she just went. No, he's he's been, quote, unquote, successful up to this point. And I said, normally, you know, we all get to experience different levels of that. And most people get to experience some level of duality where that's concerned. Uh, so we certainly don't want to put any of that energy out there. But when somebody's putting so much energy out to the world, they're not interested in receiving. And this can help a couple to understand uh, why one is not being receptive when they're they're completely full? They're already full. Yeah, and to that to that person you're talking about who has all those energy centers filled in, to them, they're looking at everybody else and asking, you know, why aren't these people trying hard enough? I'm making it yeah, happen. It and- seems very <laughs> simple, and of course, that's the way they raise their kid, and then. Uh, hypothetically, if that manifesting generator, say, has eight out of the nine centers activated and they're raising a projector kid with two centers filled in, that kid will never match up. They they don't have even close to the same amount of energy 
uh, or effectiveness, but the kid has sensitivities that the parent doesn't have any concept of. So we can see right away there's a major communication problem, and there's going to be a discipline problem, and there's going to be a reaction to the discipline problem. So this is really so helpful with children. I mean, I really enjoy helping parents to um, to understand their child and how they receive information because it can be as simple as just giving it to them in multiple choice rather than a statement or giving them an open-ended question rather than giving them multiple choice. And some people may listen to this and say, oh, that, that doesn't sound like it would make that much of, a, of an effect. But when you compound that over hundreds of thousands of altercations throughout a child's life, it's going to have a different training. It's going to have a different effect. So remember, just a drop on the forehead isn't anything, but a million of those drops in repetition can change that light drop of water into a 50-pound weight just pounding your head. So that's the way we need to look at all this stuff from an emotional standpoint when we say, oh, that's no big deal. It is the repetition of it that is the big deal. As, and I like to exemplify this by asking people to just hold your arm out. And when you first hold your arm out, it's no big deal. Then I say, just hold your arm there for the whole duration of this podcast. And right now we're, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes in. And so see if you can just hold your arm up comfortably for the next 25 minutes. There's no weight being added to it. It's just compounding. And this is what emotions do. And I do plead to everybody, hold your arm out. See how it changes your perception. And every time you have an experience of an emotion and that reaction comes up and you follow through with the reaction, it's just you adding weight to that arm or adding time or duration. So we all have limitations of how long we can hold things in. And these are why these emotional outrages and bursts happen is because people reach their limits and what we want to assist is a way for people to help get this uh, these emotions out before the explosion so to say so we actually have a question that's very similar to what we were just talking about with children Uh, we have a listener who has a son that's in his teens and she says it's hard to motivate him and he is a projector and she wanted to know what strategies she could use to help captivate his attention or motivate him. Yes, the projectors, I know very well my two sons are projectors, and um, and I really went through this type of frustration with them when they were around 10 or 12 years old because I wanted to be that stepdad that provided everything for them. Uh, I felt like I had music that I could teach them. I could teach them multiple different instruments, I uh, had experience playing uh, multiple different sports, and so I felt like, hey, do you want to be the creative artist type? I can support you that way, or if you want to be the athletic type, I can support you that way. And what happened was they were two very just happy-go-lucky projectors that didn't have the drive that I did, and I didn't have the father figure or the teacher that I wanted to be. I didn't have that growing up. And so that's what drove me, like lots of parents, to give their kids what they felt like they didn't have. And this can be very detrimental, uh, especially for the children. So 
one day I was getting uh, frustrated with the boys because I had talked to them about getting better at basketball. And so I said, we need to work on some fundamentals. So I'd set up some drills for them to do uh, daily to practice. And as the weeks went on, I would ask them if they were practicing and they weren't practicing. And that was creating frustration in me. And they just didn't seem to have any drive. And I caught myself once again wanting them to be as driven as I was at their age, um, looking for that kind of teacher. And then I realized that they were probably happier than I ever was as a child. And so I had a discussion with myself and just asked myself if I would trade their happiness for that drive. And the answer was yes. So we can put huge expectations on our kids. And the fact is, is that most projectors don't have the energy within themselves to self-project or or uh, self-create things to happen to where generators, manifesting generators, and even manifestors uh, can make things happen um, either by themselves or directing somebody else to do it. But projectors need to be invited. So... You know, it's something as simple as rather than saying, can you take out the trash? And they answer yes. And then you go to work and you come back and the trash isn't taken out and you get so frustrated and you feel like they're so lazy, blah, 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 blah. And it's not that simple. It was that they answered the question, can you? The answer is yes. But as soon as you leave their field, they don't have the impetus to make that action happen to where if you simply said, I'm getting ready to leave for work. Would you mind walking out with me and taking the trash so I can talk with you about a couple of things? That projector child is going to be 95% of the time receptive, say yes, because they want to plug in. They want to connect. So you get the action done through the invitation rather than the telling of it. And they also do best with multiple choice questions. So if you want to to take someone out to eat that's a projector, then you give them three to five options to choose from. Because if you ask them an open-ended question, it overwhelms them. And sometimes it can be the best of intentions from the parent to say, hey, just tell me what you want, uh, what you want to eat, or what do you want uh, for school supplies? And lots of times the projector can't even answer because they're in what I call analysis paralysis. So the best way to uh, get a projector motivated is to be the example and to invite them to be part of things or to work uh, to support them to get friends that are going to invite them to go do things. The key with projectors is who they are around. So their environment is the most important thing. So they do really good with sports or or artistic, um, whether it's acting or something that they can be part of a group. Um, Because once again, they don't have the power to generate things necessarily for themselves. They're very normally empathic and some of the best managers because they can sense what people are good at and direct them in that way. So every type or um, every aspect of either the the destiny cards, numerology, or the human design has its so-called weights and balances. Uh, But nothing is better than something else. 
Um, everything just has its reward and has its cost. So now what about, for example, if she wanted him to get a job and she wanted to motivate him into looking for that? Okay. That's a, you know, that's a good one. And sometimes, you know, especially in the beginning, uh, it can be requested to see if they would like, uh, the mother or the father to come along in the beginning. Um, because once again, they may need that example. They may need that support. And it's not a judgment that they just can't go do that by themselves. Um, so even, you know, making the invitation to say, would you like for me to go on a couple of uh, interviews or a couple of um, job opportunities with you? If they deny it, then you've at least made the invitation. And sometimes the invitation can be enough to inspire them to say, okay, now I don't want mom coming with me. So I'm going to put a little bit more impetus into making this happen. But the fact of the matter is, is that the mom or the father gave it energy by just uh, making that invitation. And then if they do want them to go along, then be willing to be the example and to help them to feel supported in that way. It's not a judgment on their character. They just work optimally in partnerships. Is there any way to teach them now that he's 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 in his mid-teens is there any way to uh she could relay some of this information so that he could kind of self-motivate in a way well it's it is challenging uh, because you have to accept that you know the training's been done a certain way for you know 16 years and uh now to initiate just some change it's going to normally, from my perspective, I suggest that it's going to have to start on on um, what seems like uh, easy everyday levels. Uh, it's almost like reintroducing a new uh, language, if you will. So you know you can use force or you can use demands, uh, discipline, uh, but with projectors, typically what they do is they shut down emotionally. And they pull back. So he may go out or he or she may go out and get a job just because they were made to. But then that could drive a bigger wedge between them and the parent. And then it becomes bitterness. And so now they're at a job making money to maybe contribute. But now you have an emotional imbalance and a frictional situation um, so there's a lot of variables to that and expecting our kids to just go do something just because we tell them to is a thing of the past. And we, you know, hopefully are moving in a direction to be sensitive and interested in these differences in people. And now that I've studied all of my siblings, um, all of my past relationships, you know, I can see it helps me with acceptance. Uh, I can see how different me and my siblings are and why we handle situations or opportunities very, very different and um, keeps the judgment out of it. But in this motivation, the real motivation is by giving them the room, uh, letting them feel accepted that even though they haven't gotten a job so far, it's okay and we're just moving forward and to invite them to see if they need some support in a way that you're not giving it. So projectors normally perform optimally when they feel supported by the people around them and understand that we should work towards supporting people the way they want to be supported, not the way we see fit to support them.
Okay, I think that was good. Uh, and probably if she has any more specific questions, probably be good to be able to see both of their charts and Absolutely. how they interact. Yeah, and then we could uh, we could clear up a lot of the communication blockages and help the compassion a lot in that situation. Okay, next. Is manifestation only limited to the 8% of people who are of the manifesting type? I am not a manifester, but I know I have manifested situations or things in my past. Yeah, so the whole subject of manifestation is a very wide one, very similar to the word love, um, because people perceive uh, manifestation very differently. Uh, some people perceive manifestation as a slow process and then others see it as a more instantaneous thing. So what we want to clear up is that the 8% of manifestors in the world that we're talking about, they can manifest in a way that is just done verbally, basically. They can just talk about what they want and the more they talk about it, it just uh, really manifests and others create it for them lots of times. But understand the downside of that is all manifestors aren't aware of their ability and lots of them are talking about what they don't like in their lives. And so they're creating more of that. Um, so, you know, that is normally the way that manifestors, pure manifestors manifest optimally is by just talking about what they want and um, not adjusting their energy to anybody that says anything negative it's a it's a confidence in it that they know that no this is going to happen so it's not only in the words it's in a sense or a feeling um of that confidence or that no this is really going to happen so it's not as simple as just using words you it's beyond belief as well it's a knowing and Things in the past with whether anybody's a manifestor or a generator or projector or, or any of the different types, there's still times when we experience um, types of manifestation, when it seems like things are just happening maybe easier than normal. And sometimes that's very easily found uh, in the a card yearly uh, reading when something's being supported. Um, and so it's a timing thing. And so... So working with, uh, you know, generators, we manifest by, I call it chopping wood and carrying water. If you do something over a long enough period of time, it'll develop into something. Um, manifesting generators, they have some of the ability of the manifestors and the, the generators. So they can create anything or manifest most anything, but they're typically involved in the manifesting of it. They don't normally wait around for other people to make it happen for them. Uh, the problem is, is that they're really designed to respond to life and being a generator, and but they've normally followed their manifesting instincts, and so they have to do a lot of backing up or um, recovery work because uh, they they can move things forward way too fast, you know. And then projectors, their manifesting really happens through opportunities, and it can seem like large droughts between those, but normally there's big catapults with with projectors. And it, like I said, then they can go into a lull where they seem like nothing's really happening in their life, and then all of a sudden a big opportunity happens. And so theirs is about discerning uh, the right opportunities and um, grabbing it when it's there. Um, and then reflectors, uh, they manifest best by waiting 29 days uh, from 
you know, initiating a thought about something because they're going to be influenced by every single person and every situation that they're around. So, you know, understanding even that one term manifestation, um, you know, breaking it down, here is a minimum of five different ways to manifest. And then you break down per type. Uh, whether somebody's a three five or one four, that's going to play a role in the manifestation too. So it is a complex subject, but that is a general understanding of it. Yeah, we were we were actually having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, where I mentioned to you that <laughs> now I, I would, now this was kind of like a like a joke in a in a little way, but I, in a little way I was serious. I said, I man, I need to find a manifester so I can help get uh, verities out there. To you know, to the public, and start selling some stuff in mass quantities. <laughs> and you looked at me all serious, and you told me the downside of that. And after here, and and you can share that. Well, I mean, you kind of did touch upon that at the beginning of that explanation. But after upon hearing that, man, I was like, man, I have a whole new respect for manifestors because oh yeah, I, everybody thinks they want to be a manifestor. Exactly, exactly. But everybody the responsibility. wants Exactly, everybody wants to know that they have that ability because I think they it it's like a special thing and but the downside to manifesting anything that you think negatively and from a generator we like to point out the negative things right so man my my world would be hell if I was a yes and you know and that is a great point to bring up with generators we're designed to get to what we want through process of elimination of what we don't like and so you know we are very in tune with um with what we don't uh, resonate with and what we're not looking for. So we're extra sensitive to thinking about, yeah, if every one of those thoughts was, you know, part of manifesting towards something, it can be a very, very big obstacle. And so that's why very few manifestors truly understand their power and are able to utilize it. And then a lot of manifesting generators um, utilize the manifesting part, but they don't set up a proper structure so it has a very short time duration and so they go through a lot of like ups and downs successes and failures um, just mainly because they weren't responding they were uh, pushing and willing and trying to uh, create things to happen rather than responding to their environment so you can see how just knowing your type is extremely important and how you will interpret this information within the podcast so if you haven't yet uh, reach out on Alexander's website or uh, go to our Facebook group or our Facebook page. Leave us a message and we'll we'll get you that information. So we have another question here. Jesus preached the, quote, turn the other cheek philosophy, and some see this as a pacifist mentality. Does this philosophy he taught fit within the wise wise or your philosophy and in what way, if so? Another great question, and uh always want to respect uh, Jesus or anything connected to that energy with the utmost respect and um, all the energies that we discuss on this podcast. Uh, of course, we carry amounts, uh, large amounts of respect for so many different paths and teachers. So I'm not going to take this opportunity to give my opinion of what I thought Jesus meant um, because that is up for personal interpretation and it can go in many different directions. 
the way that I like to speak of Jesus's teachings or um, anyone's teachings that I may discuss is just how I utilize them. So that example of Jesus turning the other cheek and even at um, one point in time, if I'm not mistaken, uh, James cut off a man's ear in protecting Jesus and Jesus asked him not to do that right away and and healed that man's ear instantly. And this was part of that turning the other cheek kind of vibration. In everyday life, it's very challenging out there to, uh, to understand this concept that if somebody is attacking you, that you just turn the other cheek and uh, so let them hit that too or or you're being extra pacifist. But the fact of the matter is, is nobody ever wins with conflict and aggression. Um, it's been a staple in uh, with Earth forever, and it will be due to this being the plane of polarity. But war and fighting is the duality. It's, it's beyond the, the natural cause of polarity. So it is uh, exaggerated some. But... You know, what I've noticed is that, like in a pond, if you drop a pebble in the middle of that pond, it sends out ripples. But when the ripple meets the bank, the bank doesn't stop it with force. It just uses a natural acceptance of it. The bank isn't fighting back against the ripple. So... It's very similar with, I like to say, to all the love warriors or spiritual warriors or emotional warriors, whatever you want to call um, people that are working on themselves, to just learn to be able to stop the ripple. And so if you're willing to stop the ripple, then it won't escalate. It can't grow without friction. So always, typically in the majority of most cases, the best case scenario is to first do nothing and then remove yourself from that situation. Because once again, if somebody throws some emotional baggage on you and you don't react but merely show a countenance of compassion, of understanding, that person is forced to look at what they just said or, or did. But if you react in any way, shape, or form, you justify their actions. And that's how blame of emotional uh, reactions gets passed back and forth. Who started it type thing. So with this, uh, turn the other cheek, I uh, would like to approach it more from a principle rather than that direct teaching and exactly what Jesus was doing. But I happened to pull on you know, the success that uh, Gandhi had. Um, in his efforts to help free the people of India from Great Britain. And his whole process was the act of doing nothing and not fighting back no matter what they did. And, and men and women got attacked. They got beaten. They got physically harmed. But his teaching was to not fight back. And it had an effect. It changed history. So... You know, whether you want to call it a, a spiritual perception or just a, a um, idiotic perception, I've proven through my life that any time conflict to comes toward me, if I accept that, 
rather than fighting against it, it always turns out better. So by this, I'm not suggesting anybody to not protect yourself. I'm not suggesting that you put yourself in a situation to be abused. I'm merely saying if you have the power within yourself to be part of a situation where emotions escalate and even a physical uh, attack happens, that if you're able to stay centered and in a loving space, you will resolve that situation much faster than trying to fight back. Now, this can be taken to an extreme of a robbery, of a rape. It's going to be taken to, by an extreme to anybody that's looking to take it in that direction. And I'm not interested in debunking all of the extremes. <laughs> there are exceptions to all rules, and we're not going to dissect all of those. But the fact of the matter from this teaching is, is that if you stop the ripple, you will have a greater effect for positive change or beneficial change, we will say. And that's what we're looking for in this podcast and everything that we're uh, working with sharing is once again, we're looking to strengthen the self and strengthen the energy field, strengthen one's connection uh, to the divine, whatever you want to call that. This isn't about that. No one should protest or no one should be out there doing physical things. Uh, there's roles for everyone. And I'm really speaking to a small percentage of the population, and you're probably not one of them. Uh, because I'm speaking to the seekers. And I want the people that want to look in these words and in these phrases that's being said and know that it's being said and shared with the purest of intentions to help, not as a law, not as uh, the way that it is or the best way. It's just another way. But just breaks down to journeys unite, seeking transformation. So that's why we come together is to transform. If we develop a language like this podcast and philosophy is suggesting, then we're able to have communication. And when you have communication, you have advancement in civilization. But first, let's work on that advancement within ourselves. Let's learn to communicate with ourselves. Let's learn where we're lying to ourselves. Let's learn where we need confirmation to lift ourselves up. These are all the questions and the things we're working toward in these systems that we use uh, benefit in helping us to dissect that. But the philosophy of this podcast is what helps us work on it in a day-to-day -day manner using these tools as just guides. And it's important to note that the perspective of this philosophy is coming from a place of wellness. Yes, wellness and self-preservation. Um, because if you, if you experience less emotions and less emotional reactions, then your energy field is going to be stronger. And if your energy field is stronger, then your physical body and mental state is going to be stronger and uh, therefore you're going to be in more alignment toward optimal health. Uh, this doesn't mean that you never come across uh, a cold or some type of sickness because the body heals in many different ways, and sometimes what some people perceive as an obstacle or some physical um, illness, it can actually be uh, part of the healing. And uh, like I've said before, in 
some of the new German uh, science, they consider the physical body the last step because it's the most dense part. So they actually celebrate when something's in the physical body, such as cancer, and they say, oh, you almost healed this completely. Um, I don't happen to feel that it's always that. Uh, it is sometimes that it is a healing response, but sometimes it is a degeneration response. Um, so, But it can seem tricky sometimes when people get into the best relationship they've ever been in, they can go through their most challenging health situation. And it's because their energy field, the emotional field, the mental field lets up enough for the physical body to work something through. Um, but that's getting into a little bit deeper, uh, another podcast sometime soon, maybe. Yeah, kind of like when you're doing a detox and you start, you don't feel good like the first three or four days, you have headaches and shakes and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. You have to sometimes go through feeling worse to feel better. And that's exactly what this emotional processing is. We have to learn to process and allow and accept uh, those reactions that we've had in the past and just bottled down and toughened up and persevered through. And my suggestion is, uh, you know, once again, wisdom's in the emptying and knowledge is in the learning. Uh, Seek the wise. Seek those people that have learned to empty, not put things in their mind. So that is going to conclude this first Q&A session. Thank you to all those who sent in questions through our Facebook group, through PMs, through our Facebook page, and contacting us through email. We look to you to send in more questions throughout this next and what I think we're going to go with the next 15 episodes. And again, you can join us on our Facebook group where we're trying to create a community of honest, authentic, and wellness-seeking people. And again, that you can go to facebook.com slash wisewisepodcast, click on the community tab, and our Facebook group is there for you to join. Woo! Thank (laughs) Thank you all. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype 
Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.